Good afternoon, and welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. I apologize for missing yesterday. Um, there was a lot of stuff that was going on uh, as far as me here in Twin, and so I was not able to get around and get to it, and I apologize for that. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, as far as what we've got for today, there's a lot of things that I'm not, I don't even know as usual, right? Uh, where to begin? And so let's begin with, uh, as a direct result, well, we don't, not exactly sure why uh, Kristen Cinema has done this. Kristen Cinema, the uh, moderate, occasional uh, thorn in the uh, Biden administration side up for 2024 re-election senator from Arizona announced yesterday that she was going to be uh, she is uh, dropping off of the um, dropping out of the Democratic Party she's going to be independent now, as far as what kind of an impact that has on the national politics, remember, uh, technically, right now, uh, the the next Senate, it comes in January, will have 48 Democrats, 49 Republicans, and three independents now with Kristen Sinema bailing. The other two independents are Senator Bernie Sanders from Vermont, who is, if anything, to the left of most of your Democrats. And uh, Senator Angus King from Maine, who is... don't even really know what he is. He caucuses with the Democrats, and so that's really all that matters. Kristen Sinema has not necessarily said that she's going to caucus with the Democrats, but likely she is going to because that's going to keep her in with having a, a, uh, a committee chair as well as uh, membership on committee, which had she bailed completely on the Democrats and either caucus with the Republicans or truly wasn't independent, she would have been able to do neither of those. Or if they would, I mean, the bottom line is this, you know, committees, committee chairmanships, those are apportioned based uh, by the party, by both parties. Uh, you know, the party in power gets to choose the majority of the members of the, of the committees and, as well as the chairman for each of the committees. But each party apportions membership on a committee based on all sorts of different factors. Uh, one of those factors, probably the primary driver, is their ability to raise money for the party. Additionally, you have seniority. Um, Republicans actually have a cap on how long you can serve as a chairperson. Democrats have no such cap. Um, but as far as how long you can serve on a committee, you know, or who serves on what committees, that's that's up to uh, the parties. Now, there is some exception to that. For example, uh, incoming speaker uh, Kevin McCarthy, Republican, has said that 
certain actors in the Democratic Party will not be allowed to participate in certain committees. You know, Schiff for Brains uh, from California, for example, uh, they're not going to let him be on the Intelligence Committee, which, of course, Adam Schiff being on the Intelligence Committee is an oxymoron. But uh, uh, Ilhan Omar, Omar of uh, Minnesota, uh, who married her brother, literally, not a stepbrother, you know, no blood relation, but a literal brother. Uh, she is, uh, because of her anti-Semitic remarks, she's not going to be allowed, I think, as a foreign relations committee. And uh, Eric Swalwell, who is notorious for his, for his uh, um, affair with a Chinese spy, uh, Speaker McCarthy is not going to let him serve. I believe it's on the Intelligence Committee, but it might be the Foreign Affairs. I don't recall which, and it doesn't really matter. So there are some exceptions where you can come across the, the, the majority does have a say specifically in keeping people off of a committee. But each party chooses its members for those committees. And like I said, seniority is part of it, a big, huge part of it. If not seniority, being number one is the ability to raise money for the party. And so Kristen Sinema, uh, she will, because, because she's going to be an independent, and if you were able to see me right now, I'd be doing the air quotes. Um, she, if, if the Senate were currently sitting at 50-50 for the next Senate, believe me, she would be a chair probably have whichever chairmanship she wanted based on which party she was going to caucus with. For example, right now, like I said, technically you're at 48 to 49. Actually, Republicans are more Republicans than Democrats. But there are two independents, plus now uh, Senator Sinema is a third independent. In reality, she is a little bit different than the other two because the other two are like 100% or close to 100% with Joe Biden. And Chuck Schumer. Kristen Sinema has, for example, stated that uh, the filibuster needs to stay in place. She has big concerns about fiscal responsibility, even though she voted for the very fiscally irresponsible uh, Inflation Reduction Act, as well as other things. And she also is consistent on supporting judges, the Democrats. Uh, one. Now, you know, it used to be, if you go back and look at the annals of Senate history, you have to go back and, and, and before George W. Bush was president. Although this really started back with George H.W. Bush, uh, actually with Ronald Reagan, where Democrats started to challenge judicial nominations. Now remember, Democrats have always favored the judiciary since uh, the Warren and Burger courts because 
the ju- the judiciary uh, effectively put in some of their wackiest ideas without actually having to have any kind of a vote. Uh, legislating from the bench, for example, prayer in schools, for example, uh, the Miranda warning. Um, not that I have an issue with that per se, but but uh, a lot of those rulings, you know, are because Democrats couldn't get something that they wanted across the finish line, and so they we're working through the courts as a super legislature, a super unelected, unaccountable legislature. And so when, um, you know, it started, of course, we, and we've mentioned this before, I will try not to delve into it too much because there's a lot, a few other things I want to talk about. Uh, Ronald Reagan nominated uh, just, uh, Judge Bork to the Supreme Court. Joe Biden was the head of the Judiciary Committee at the time. He uh, invented uh, what became known as Borking a nominee, Justice Bork, by the or Judge Bork, by the way, is really the last nominee to ever offer real opinions as to hypothetical situations, and we see that uh, throughout all of Democrat witnesses, all of Democrat nominees, and of course, Republican nominees are stupid to not do the same thing. Okay, but the reason that we don't know, for example a judge's philosophy is because they are allowed to get away with not answering. In fact, when, you know, after, after Bork was defeated, after, um, the racist Joe Biden, uh, as justice Thomas called it a high tech lynching of him, uh, with, uh, during judge Thomas's, uh, confirmation hearings. After that, when, uh, 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 Ruth Bader Ginsburg was up nomination as sitting as the chair of the Judiciary Committee. He pointed out to her that she did not need to answer any questions. And that's where it all began. But even still, even through those times, very rarely were judicial nominees rejected certainly by Republicans. I mean, Justice Ginsburg was confirmed like 93 to 7 or something like that. It was it was r- ridiculous. Why? Because a president should be able to nominate whomever he wishes. And, unless, and if that person is able and has the qualifications to do the job, that they should be appointed. That used to be the philosophy. That philosophy changed. Of course, it was already changing because of the fights that we saw during the 80s and 90s. But, but it really hit home when the Republicans were in the majority and George W. Bush started nom- was nominating just judges. And that's where it really, really, really started to uh, fall apart. I mean, it used to be, and for all practical purposes, you know, they often didn't even do a recorded vote. They just uh, did unanimous consent on judges by the, the, the dozen. And the only time that a judge was ever, there was any kind of discussion on it was if they were a Supreme Court nominee or if, or if there were some issues that might, might need to be clarified. But then the Democrats started filibustering in the early 2000s. And so that's where we are today. Um, 
Nobody answers a question. By the way, witnesses don't answer questions. They, you know, watching Secretary Mayorkas sit there and with straight face say that, that uh, the border is secure is just asinine. We're going to take a break. We'll be right back. And we're back. Um, I didn't really mean to spend 10 minutes talking about that for some unknown reason. Anyway, bottom line is this. Kristen Sinema is going to be the wild card now. How she's actually going to vote, we don't know. But we presume that she's probably going to caucus with the Democrats uh, for the most part. Thus ensuring that they have the majority on the committees instead of right now equal numbers. Uh, um and also to make sure that they can get some judges through. We'll see how that works. Um, you know what would be interesting would be to see some Republicans defect and get an independent caucus started in the, uh, in the Senate. Be that's amazing. Let's move on. Uh, if, in case you didn't hear... And I know you're not used to it because we never talk about, we never talk about, um, WNBA, of course, but there is news, WNBA trade, I'm sure you've heard it. The uh, United States has traded the merchant of death, a convicted arms dealer, to the Russians in exchange for Brittany Griner a WNBA player that had cannabis oil in her possession in Russia, which is a, an offense. It's, it's, it's a crime. And Russians take drug crimes very seriously. Now, here in the United States, Joe Biden was on record for taking drug, drug crimes very sim- seriously, but he doesn't so much now. So we traded a drug dealer, or I'm sorry, an arms dealer, for a basketball player. By the way, we have a Marine sitting in a Russian prison. With no relief in sight. And the funny thing about this whole situation is, I mean, and of course, when I say funny, it's not really very funny. Is that when asked about the trade, the chick that does the the briefings for the president she's so incompetent i don't even i, I couldn't even tell you her name um, she said well you know the the choice was Brittany Griner or nothing and so we chose to put a convicted arms dealer that that plotted against Americans, that sold terrorist weapons, we decided to give him back in exchange for a basketball player. So, yes, but she's an American. She hates America. She is on record despising the racist country that is. I wonder if her opinion of that has changed. You know, having seen how other countries deal with things. That would be interesting to find out. But be this it may, you know, this is the worst trade 
since uh, Obama, which Biden was part of that administration too, traded five terrorist chieftains for a U.S. Army deserter. Bo Bergdahl. Believe me, I know all about that because I, living in Idaho when that trade went down, you know, Bergdahl's up from uh, just up the river there, uh, in, not up the river literally, but up in uh, the Haley Sun Valley area. You know, so living in Twin Falls, you hear heard a lot of local news stories about that beyond just the national news. This trade ranks right up there with that. Because guess what? And here's something that I haven't heard anybody talk about, but this is something that you might want to consider and think about. <clears throat> There's a treasure trove of arms on the ground in Afghanistan. Billions of dollars worth of arms. It just We just gave the Russians a middleman to move all that. I wonder if anybody's thought of that. I haven't seen anything on the news about that. Oh, well. But Brittany Griner's an American. An American citizen. And it's more important to get American citizens and uh, get them home than it is to make sure that this does not become a repeat occurrence. Because now, any country that has somebody, a powerful individual in prison in the United States, I know not very many of those, now has all the incentives of the world to take a tourist or a, it really has to be a high visibility person And hold them because the Biden administration, obviously, especially, well, if you're white Christian male, forget it. You're screwed. But if you start racking up some intersectional points, uh, race, ethnicity, nationality, gender, sexual orientation, um, gender identity issues, you know, Chances are the Biden administration is going to trade off one of these uh, one of these high value pieces that we have in prison for you because you're an American. Oh, you know, I mentioned all those intersectional characteristics. I forgot the hate have to hate America part too. That my guess for the Biden administration is a key issue. Um, I don't know if you've heard, there was a second dump of uh, Twitter files. This one uh, specifically uh, talks about how people were blacklisted or their feeds were throttled so that they could not uh, trend and such. Shadow banning is uh, the is the common term for it, and so the question comes up is this: when it comes to these shadow bans, Jack Dorsey, who according to the Twitter file dump, 
sat on one of these executive committees. The CEO was part of one of the committees that oversaw this. Lied to Congress under oath. Not that that matters, you know, if you're a progressive or support the Democrats' positions, there's not going to have anything happen to you for lying to Congress. But we've learned without a doubt that indeed shadow banning occurred. The question is, what more can we do about this? You know, I mean, how important is it? You know, you've got Democrats, of course, are screaming that that Twitter's a private company and the, you know, First Amendment doesn't apply to them. And so, yes, that is technically true. But the fact that they were doing this shadow ban thing shows that there's going to be some real issues Um, because part of their thing is that they have to, because they're not liable for content, the fact that they're actually moderating content and actually um, discriminating against some users over others based on political content That could be an issue. And of course, when when we tie it into the fact that we know, for example, that the FBI and other uh, federal departments had regularly scheduled meetings and had dedicated lines in and out of Twitter, and we by, by extension, we presume other social media, to coordinate attacks on individuals or ideas then you do have a serious First Amendment issue. Will anything come of it? I don't know. I, I kind of like Twitter. I really hate to see it go away. Um, but uh, be that as it may, we'll see what happens with it. Um, and I just wanted to wrap up. I was watching Gutfeld last night. I don't know if you ever watch Gutfeld. It starts at uh, um, 11 o'clock Eastern. It's on the Fox News channel. It's a, a it's a late night comedy, but it's a politically focused. Um, Greg Gutfeld, who has been a long time, actually ran. He was the the lead person on the Five for a long time. He also had a show before that, Red Eye. It was overnight. It was a late 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 night show. Now he's uh, going up against the likes of uh, uh, Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel, um, those types, Stephen Colbert, and he's killing them in the ratings. Uh, favorite One of the shows I like, his monologue yesterday, um, he started talking about whether we should bomb Mexico. And I found that very interesting because, you know, here at the Lib, we have advocated that a Republican Congress should issue a declaration of war against the drug cartels. Or perhaps the speaker could even go so far as to send an envoy to Mexico and tell them if they don't get the drug cartels under control, 
on the border that we're going to declare war on Mexico. Now, we don't want their country. We don't want to, you know, we don't even want to, uh, all we want to do is, is put a beachhead on the south side of the Rio Grande and on the south side of the border where the Rio Grande is not the boundary to literally not let anyone come across. Because that's where the problem is. You know, once they're in this country, oh, we want asylum. And then, you know, then they're shipped off to some red state. And, you know, so that ultimately when amnesty is granted, they can uh, vote out, you know, turn the state blue. That's the theory anyway. Because they never report. Or I'm sorry, they, some do. Some of them, they're not even given dates. And so we have the real border issue. But I found it interesting. Gut felt let off talking about how we should bomb Mexico, or rather bomb the cartels. And guess what? The Lib has been on that for weeks already, saying that, that, that ever since the election, you know, or actually before the election, it said Republicans uh, with the majority, they can issue a declaration of war, if not against Mexico, then against the drug cartels, allowing the use of military force to hunt down cartel members wherever they are. I don't care if they're American citizens or not. If they're American citizens and you've declared war against the cartel, then they're traitors. See, that makes it easy. You, I don't know what the names of the cartels are. I really don't even care. But here's the deal. Cartels are making billions because of our border incompetence. Because the president refuses to do the one job that the president has, which is in the Constitution, which is secure the border. I mean, that's the one job. Declare war on the cartels. You know, I mean, right now, so here's what happens. The cartels get paid money to get these people brought up and across the border. Okay, they get paid money for that. Who get who pays them money? A lot of uh, non-government organizations. You know, these charitable organizations that, that claim that they're doing good. Where do they get their money? If you said that they got a lot of their money from the American taxpayer, go to the head of the class. Taxpayers are giving billions to the drug cartels to swarm the border with people, sex trafficking, drug trafficking, and slave trade. Yes, there is a slave trade. And you're paying for it. My life matters, does yours? It's the Snake River Live. I may do one on Saturday since I didn't get one done yesterday. We'll see. Have a great day.